Hello everyone, this is G2 here. I just want to give you guys a quick little update on something. Whenever I introduced this episode, I said it was episode 36, but I meant to say 37. It's just a little thing that I've messed up on, but anyway, it's not going to mess up any of the video, or not the video, but the audio, but I just want to give you an update to let you guys know it's not episode 36, it's episode 37. Without further ado, let me start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Hello, welcome back to my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. I am G2. Today's episode is episode 36 and the title is Pull Out. Now before I get into the reason why I call it Pull Out, let me list off the National Food Days for the week. Today, August 29th is Chop Suey Day. Tomorrow, August 30th is Toasted Marshmallow Day. The day after that, August 31st, Trail Mix Day. September 1st, Gyro Day. September 2nd, Grits for Breakfast Day and also International Pancake not pancake, but bacon day. So you can mix your bacon and your grits up, or you can have your grits and bacon around the side of each other. Anyway, you want to have it on September 2nd. September 3rd, Welsh Rabbit Day. Not rabbit, but rare bit day. And also Baby Rag Ribs Day. And September 4th, Macadamia Nut Day. Now, gotten that out the way, I would like to explain why I called this episode Pull Out. We're dealing with the ramifications of Joe Biden pulling out troops out of, uh, Afghanistan, we're dealing with him pulling out troops out of the Middle East and still dealing with the deadline, which will be up, well, this coming, well, two more days? Well, no, tomorrow. No, 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 two days from now. I'm sorry. Got my days mixed up. The 31st of August. And we're still trying to figure out, is he really going to pull everybody out? Because he's already been doing the process of pulling people out and all this and all that. But earlier this, well, earlier this week, there was a bombing uh, incident. There were suicide bombings at a, at a Cabal airport, and the two suicide bombings killed 13 U.S. troops and wounded 18. And I have a clip here of Joe Biden basically confronting the media, and he talks about this, and he gives a stark warning to the corporates that did this. And I'm about to play that clip for you right now. These American service members who gave their lives it's an overused word, but it's totally appropriate here. We're heroes. Heroes who have been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. They're a part of an airlift, an evacuation effort unlike any scene in history, with more than 100,000 American citizens, American partners, Afghans who helped us, and others taken to safety in the last 11 days. Just in the last 12 hours or so, another 7,000 have gotten out. They were part of the bravest, most capable, the most selfless military on the face of the earth. And they're part of simply what I call the backbone of America. They're the spine of America, the best the country has to offer. Jill and I, our hearts ache, like I'm sure all of you do as well, for all those Afghan families who lost loved ones, including small children, or have been wounded in this vicious attack. And we're outraged as well as heartbroken. <clears throat> Being the father of an Army major who served for a year in Iraq and before that was in Kosovo as a U.S. attorney for the better part of six months in the middle of a war. When he came home after a year in, a, in Iraq, he was diagnosed, like many, many coming home, with an aggressive and lethal cancer of the brain. We lost. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. My heart aches for you. But I know this. 
We have a continuing obligation, <clears throat> a sacred obligation to all of you, the families of those heroes. That obligation is not temporary. It lasts forever. The lives we lost today were lives given in the service of liberty, the service of security, and the service of others, in the service of America. Like their fellow brothers and sisters in arms who died defending our vision and our values in the struggle against terrorism, of the fall on this day, they're part of a great and noble company of American heroes. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this, we will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. Now that clip came from the Washington Post from the uh, their uh, YouTube uh, channel. If you want to listen to any more anything else from Washington Post, I would suggest you go to their YouTube channel. But anyway, Biden in his final words said that he will hunt down anybody and he will not forget. Remember that statement and remember that quote because a day later, the United States military sent out a drone attack and bombed one of the ISIS locations. Now, I'm going to give you my uh, explanation of why this happened. But before I do that, I want to play you a clip from the ABC News. This was whenever this first happened, whenever the first air drone, whenever the drone strike hit and ABC News interrupted people's watching of television and they talked about it for a little bit. But I'm about to play you the clip right about now. This is an ABC News special report. Good evening, everyone. I'm Juju Chang at ABC News headquarters in New York, and we are interrupting your regular programming to bring you breaking news at this hour from Afghanistan. The United States Central Command tonight is confirming that it has conducted a counterterrorism operation against an ISIS-K planner. According to a CENTCOM spokesperson, the unmanned airstrike occurred in the Nangahar province of Afghanistan. Initial indications are that we killed the target. We know of no civilian casualty. The U.S. launching this airstrike against the Islamic State affiliate in Afghanistan just one day after that devastating suicide bombing attack outside the Kabul airport as thousands of Afghans crowded the gates. One U.S. official telling ABC News that the individual killed in tonight's drone strike was involved in possibly planning additional attacks. But the official says no links exist linking him to yesterday's attack. The terror attack taking the lives of 13 U.S. service members and roughly 170 Afghans. President Biden addressing the nation yesterday, vowing to those responsible for the attack, we will not forgive, we will not forget, we will hunt you down and make you pay. I want to bring in Louis Martinez now, ABC senior Pentagon reporter who's been covering every development in this story. Louis, I know you've been on the phone with your sources. What are you hearing from the Pentagon? What we hear is exactly that, that there is no linkage between this individual and the deadly attack yesterday at the airport in Kabul. But this individual is described as a planner of ISIS attacks and that he was possibly planning future attacks. Now, whether those were attacks against American officials or American civilians, it's unclear. But the word retaliation is, being, is not being used in terms of this individual because he was not being directly linked to the attack yesterday at the airport. Um, but obviously, people are going to link it to what President Biden said yesterday. But I'm told that this individual is just merely described as a planner and not directly involved in the deadly attack at yesterday's airport in Kabul. Now, as you heard from the clip and from ABC News, the airstrike was a retaliation for the bombing, well, the suicide bombing that happened a day or a couple of days earlier. And I got something here from USA Today. And it reads, Biden says U.S. would hunt down Cabal airport attackers. A day later, a drone strike killed two ISIS-K targets. Now, as you heard in the clip, they said they weren't like the key people. They were like people that were like planners. But I'm going to just read you this out of the article. A military drone strike on Friday killed two high-profile members of ISIS-K and a wounded a third. The first American attack on the terrorist group following a bomb attack. Bomb attack at the Hamid Karzi International Airport, the Pentagon said Saturday. The Pentagon's initial announcement of the strike said one ISIS-K member had been killed. Military officials updated the death toll on Saturday. 
Those killed were ISIS KA planners and facilitators, said Army Major General William D. Hank Taylor, Joint Staff Deputy Director for Regional Operators Operations. Their names were not made public. Biden met with his national security team at the White House on Saturday and afterward warned that another attack is likely in the coming days. Now, as you can tell, Biden is about that action. He's about to bomb up and do everything he can because he still wants to get American troops and American facilitators and American citizens and anybody that rocks with America out of Afghanistan by the August 31st uh, deadline. But he's not about to be anybody's fool. He's not about to allow you guys just to start bombing up places that still hold American citizens and just think that it's going to ride out and be cool. Now, with that being said, I want to warn the people that are listening to me now and anybody that you might want to tell, well, tell your friends or tell anybody about this too. We are about to enter another whole style, not even civil war, a whole nother war. It's the exact same thing. We're going to experience the exact same thing from 20 years ago. Hopefully not another 9-11 because we're about to enter the ninth month. Think about it. We're about to enter the ninth month and we're and it's almost been 20 years on the dot from 9-11. Just think about it. That's real weird and real conspiracy of me right now. But these are the things that you guys need to be thinking about whenever you think about troops being pulled out of Afghanistan. And the reason why we went into Afghanistan was because some terrorist group got on a plane, hit our hit American Twin Towers, and then we go over there. 20 years ago, and now it's been 20 years, fast forward, almost to the dot, where we're about to start pulling people out, and they're about to get American troops out on August 31st. I'm just saying, it seems a lot planned out on ISIS part, and we're just not really up to snuff on their situation. I'm just going to be blunt with you, especially since they got military guns that we Americans left over there. They got military equipment that we, the military of America, left over there. I'm just saying it seems really weird to me. But nevertheless, Joe Biden is about that action. He's about to bomb up and strike everything down. Remember, I talked to you and said this to you last episode, literally, about how he could really end it all by if he just hit a big, massive bomb over there. But it comes at a cost of human lives. And that's something that I don't think people will be willing to sacrifice. Human life like innocence instead of it being just okay we all know those are bad people we're just gonna bomb up that and kill everybody off that are bad and then bang that people that are fleeing there can go back to their home country well they gotta pick up the rebel but they'll be able to be free and rid of anybody that has been a danger to society over there i said that last episode of the reason why biden might not do it and that he could do it but those are the ramifications now, with it just being an airstrike, this is telling you that Biden is about taking care of action. He's about bombing it up and doing whatever he got to do, but he wants to still meet the uh, deadline by August 31st. I'm here to tell you, that's not going to happen. I'm here to let you know that's not going to happen. I'm here to let you inform you know that he's going to try to make sure that we get uh, troops out, but that's just not going to happen. And even if we get the troops out, Troops are going to be flowing themselves right back in because America is never going to be done with Afghanistan. And if anything, Afghanistan is never going to be done with America, especially after America has been there literally for 20 years, almost, on, well, almost been 20 years now since America has been over in Afghanistan and caused a whole lot of bloodshed and to kill a whole lot of people both back and forth. I mean, there's been so many things that have happened in Afghanistan because of American troops going over there because of retaliation for 9-11. There's just so many things that people just don't take into consideration. So whenever people might say, yo, Biden doesn't know what he's doing or Biden, no, Biden knows what he's doing. He wants to bomb up people who still get troops out of there, but he's not thinking of the long game because we're going to have to send bad people back there. People are going to have to be sent right back there just to keep the threat of Taliban or ISIS or whatever you want to call them from attacking America as their retaliation for the airstrike. Think about it. We are not uh, dealing with, I'm not going to say, I'm not even going to say civilized. We're not dealing with a tit for tat. Okay, you punch me in the face, I punch you in the back, and now we're even. No, we're not dealing with that. We never have in American society or even in society as a whole. 
as a theory and as a person, you would think, okay, you bombed me. I bombed you back. We're even now. We're square. No, that never happens. Somebody always got to wave the white flag. It always happens in everything. In business, somebody got to wave the white flag if you're in competition. Uh, clothing sales, somebody got to wave the white flag. In everything that we do as a human society, somebody has to wave the white flag whenever you're in a situation with against somebody else. And this is at the tippest and toppest at the hill. You're at war. You're going to be at war again with these people. You're going to be at war again, whether you take the troops out now or you never take them out. And personally, the troops should have never been out. I stated that last week. I'm going to state it again. The troops have, should have never been out. If anything, as soon as we killed Osama, we should have been out. And that's all I got to say about that particular instance. But I want to switch it up to this idea. Why is it that we always got to announce everything that we do? Why is it that we had to announce that we airstrike bomb over there? Why do we do that? We're letting the opposition know what we have done. That is the dumbest thing to me. Why do we let the opponents know what we just done to them? Okay, that never happens. When you see mafia movies and everything else, when it's all about gang warfare, because this is a gang warfare. And again, at the highest level. This is still a gang warfare of America going against Afghanistan or specifically the Taliban. Why would you announce, hey, yo, we just strike, we just bombed your place over there. What you going to do about it? We are letting them know that that was us. Why? Why do that? Let them think about it and think and let them be on their tippy toes. Let them be on the defense because they don't know who attacked them. Even though people would say, Joe, that's a dumb, that's a dumb thing. They already going to know America did it. Not necessarily. Yes, they're always going to have the assumption. But whenever you make an assumption, you make a butt out of you. Never the other person. Because you're thinking that was them. Yes, the evidence and anything else might lead up to them. But you got to connect the dots. You got to bring out the evidence. You got to bring out things to actually connect and make people say and force it out of the other person to say, yeah, I did it. Why are we willingly able to say, yeah, that was us. But anyway, let me get back to my example of this. If you're in a mafia movie, we've seen mafia movies before. There has been a mafia family attack another mafia family. Do they ever leave a calling card or anything? Certain mafia movies do. A lot of them don't. A lot of them don't ever leave calling cards. They always let the other mafia family try to figure that out of who did this. They always allow them to make assumptions. And then whenever they get asked them, do they do it? They always play the fifth like, nah, I didn't do that. Nah, that wasn't us. You would know if that was us. They always hit you with that type of line or something. But with this business, with this big corporation, with this big gang that we're in America, we want to announce, oh yeah, that was us. And also the same thing with ISIS. It's like, who got the bigger family jewels? Who got the bigger cojones? Is that, it's like that type of competition that we have with each other. It's stupid. I want us to rein in and pull back on that information. I want us to pull back on saying, hey, that was us that did this. Don't Say that out loud, because guess what? If we would have killed Osama bin Laden and we never, ever would have announced that Osama bin Laden was dead and we just slowly by just slow numbers, pull troops out of that country slowly. Guess what? It would have became normal that one day they would have woke up and said, hold up, they're no longer here anymore. And then they would have been able to do what they want to do in the American, not even American, but the uh Iranian people, the Afghanistan people, them over there, they would have start start understanding that yo, we are we left there. You guys can have your country back now. We took care of what we had to do, and now we dip. We don't always have to leave a calling card saying, "Hey, we did what we had to do. We're out of here now. Peace, bye bye." We we don't ever really have to announce this type of thing. You don't, as a country, you don't ever have to announce when you do something. Even as a person, when you do something good for somebody else, you don't have to announce that. A lot of celebrities have made donations and everything else. They keep that on the low because guess what? They don't want to get praise or anything else. They don't want to get scrutiny because of this and that or blah, blah, blah. They do this because they did it out of their generous of their heart. And why do we have to announce it? Why as an American people, why as the media, why as the government do we have to announce if we are going to war with somebody else? Now, understand, at the beginning of the war, you can say, yes, we're going to war with these people, blah, blah, blah. Cool, because you got to get people to understand and in their mindset and focus. But whenever you do a covert operation, like a drone strike or 
killing Osama bin Laden or killing a top official that you're going against. You don't ever have to announce that. You don't ever have to announce that we assaulted them. You don't ever have to say anything. Just keep that on the low. And the people at the top, or as people like to say now, the people above my certain pay grade, they know who, what we did, and that's all that need to know. You don't see a whole lot of people in, uh, people in the Capitol building and all these other buildings tell you what they do behind the scenes. They don't tell you that. You want to know why? Because it's their business to know. It's never for us, the American people, to know. Because that's how they keep money in their pockets. That's how they keep business flowing. That's how they keep the world going around and around. Because guess what? If we were to find out what they're doing behind closed doors, really? It would be chaos throughout the whole way. But that leads me for a different story for a different day here. What I'm getting at is keep business in-house. Don't always have to explain it to other people, especially the media. You don't ever have to explain that. American government, government, if it's something that's real top secret, especially a drone strike, which that was, don't ever explain that to the media. If it happens to be coming out from the media, if the American media happened to see about that video from uh, another country, then okay, that's something that happened. Hey, you guys can either uh, accept it or deny it. That's all up to you. But you don't forthright just say, yo, that was us. We did that. That's stupid. Don't ever do that. But Again, I'll leave you with this. Biden is about that action, and there's more attacks to come. We are still going to be at war, whether we pull the troops out now or later, or we never pull them out. We're going to be at war. And also, I want you guys to keep in mind, especially New York listeners and California listeners in Texas and Florida, the, the big like the big boys of America, be on the alert of September because remember, 9-11, they already took out the Twin Towers in New York City. You got to think about it. Will they try to go after a big monument over in California? Will they try to go after something big in Texas? Or will they try to do something in Florida? I'm just saying, I want you guys to all think about this. Because this is really, really freaky of how we're trying to pull troops out now. And it's almost been the 20th year of 9-11. The 20th anniversary of 9-11. I'm just saying it's really weird to me. It's really, really coincidental. If you want to say coincidence, I think not. But again, I want you guys to just think about it. So I'll leave you again with Biden's about the action. They were not. This war is not is not nowhere next to being done. And also just think about the 20th year. The 20th anniversary of 9-11 is slowly coming, approaching. And with troops leaving out of Afghanistan, supposedly, Will we see another type of attack on the 20th anniversary of 9-11? I'll leave you with that for that topic. The next thing I want to talk about is ABC News was rocked by sexual assault accusation lawsuit. And this is coming from Los Angeles Times. When Kim Godwin was tapped as president of ABC News in April, one of the goals set for her was improving the culture of the division known for having a snake pig atmosphere. But the explosive allegations in a lawsuit filed Wednesday by a Good Morning America producer accusing her former boss, Michael Korn, of sexual assault committed against her and another employee during his tenure at the network shows just how heavy a lift Godwin will have going forward. ABC News is now the fourth TV news organization to find itself mirrored in a sexual harassment scandal in recent years. Fox News, NBC News, and CBS News have all seen anchors, well, top anchors, Bill O'Reilly, Matt Lauer, and Charlie Rose, and executives Roger Ailes and Jeff Fager lose their careers after women subordinates went public with allegations. The Walt Disney Corporation unit has escaped a full-blown harassment crisis until GMA producer Christine Crawford, Crawford filed her lawsuit Wednesday in New York State Supreme Court, along with the assault accusations the suit alleges that three network news executives, Derek Medillon, or Derek Midian, Tanya Minton, and Heather Riley failed to act after learning her learning of her issues with corn in late 2017. Crawford did not make a formal complaint until February of this year. Corn left the company in May. Corn had been senior executive producer of GMA from 2014 until April and previously oversaw ABC World News Tonight, where a former employee also alleged 
that he assaulted her on two occasions. Horn, now president of news for Nexstar Media Group's News Nation cable company, well, cable channel, has denied the allegation. He received a vote of confidence from his wife, Claudette, with a Facebook post showing them in an embrace. Could not love anyone more than this, her post said. Perfect human husband and father, thank you for all you do for us. Inside ABC News, there was anger and shock over the lawsuit, especially over how the allegation of Corn's actions were not immediately investigated when Crawford's first discussed them several years back. A report in the Wall Street Journal said Godwin wants an independent investigation into the allegations, including the role of the three executives, but a Disney representative but a Disney representative did not confirm that such an investigation will happen. So Disney doesn't hasn't confirmed that they are doing an investigation, or at least that they haven't confirmed that. Uh, as it reads on, Crawford says she did tell GMA co-host George Stephanopoulos about the alleged incidents with Corn in late 2017. Stephanopoulos urged Crawford to report the incidents to Minton, an attorney at ABC. He discussed the allegations with Minton. Riley, a communications executive in Midian, then a senior senior vice president of business affairs. He later told Crawford that Minton was expecting her call. Riley told Crawford that coming forward would be messy according to the suit. But Crawford feared reputation, well, retaliation and the loss of her job if she came forward according to the suit. Stephanopoulos continued to work with Corn after that time. Corn was known throughout ABC News for having excellent uh, relationships with on-air talent as he kept GMA the most watched morning program during his run. Anyway, and also in the reason this thing that if Robin Roberts would have known, she would have uh, in her words, well they put in parentheses, burned the place down trying to protect the victim if she had known about the situation. So I wonder how that's, so I wonder how the backstage talk between George and Robin's going to be especially with this whole thing coming out. And I talked to him again. I always mention my mom. Me and my mom had these conversations years ago. I, whenever the whole big uh, people were coming out with Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose were getting busted, and also the Fox and Fox uh, president and all these type of guys were getting popped out here for being nasty men, I said, "Huh, it's funny how ABC didn't get one. I thought George Stephanopoulos was going to be one. I promise you, I thought so because at the time it was nothing but." white dudes that were on top being the top anchors just going to be popped. Charlie Rose was the top white dude anchor for CBS in the morning. Matt Lauer, the top white dude for uh, NBC in the morning. And now you would have thought George Stephanopoulos with ABC in the morning, but that didn't happen. So that just brings it away. That just brings everything back forefront for me with ABC being finally getting popped for just for finally having somebody being a nasty guy. I just, again, I have to wonder, she told George Stephanopoulos this, and I understand she would, you go to somebody that's at least uh, in a power position to do this, but again, he told her that the uh, lawyer, the attorney will be waiting for her call, and she never called the attorney because she was fearing retaliation. This makes me Thing. And also, she was fearing that she would lose her job. Again, I go it brings me back to either last week or a couple episodes ago. I need, I understand that when a person has assaulted you, ladies, I understand. I just need you guys to urge up the courage within yourself to please, please get this person out the way or do get somebody out the way. Okay. Now, what I failed to say last time too is. If you happen to be a bystander, whether it be a man or female, I need you guys to report this person, whether it be a guy or female, as well as doing the sexual assaulting, to a person of power and get that person out of there because it's not right to be having, seeing somebody do something nasty to somebody else. It's not cool just to sit back and watch this happen. It's not right. It shouldn't work within your moral compass. It shouldn't work within your any fiber of your being. It doesn't for me. Because if I see somebody doing something wrong, as in like they are being a bully to somebody else, I have to step in. Or if I see somebody like messing with somebody for no good reason, you know, I got to step in and have to stop somebody from doing this because it doesn't make any sense. We are born and raised with knowing right from wrong. You can be taught this stuff and you've been taught some of these things, but certain things you know this is right from wrong. Off rip. 
You can look at a show and be like, that's not right. Why is this person being mean? Even a kid will know right from wrong if they're watching a show and they see somebody get picked on. They even say that person is not that that's not right. Kids know. So as an adult, and it brings me back to it, and I'm saying it now again, you have these moral things in you. You have morals, you have uh, emotions, you have all these things that make humans who they are. And you mean to tell me that you don't know to say something if somebody's being harassed? You don't know that. You don't know to talk to that person, walk up to them, say, hey, yo, is everything good? And be and really like, tell them, hey, yo, no, 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 no. I'm asking you because I saw this and I'm seeing something happen within you. So I'm asking you again. It's everything I, and if they decide not to tell you, you just got to wait it out and just come back to them like a day later or some hours later and ask them the I, because you need to question one, question them, ask them, are they okay? And two, keep that in your back pocket to say, I saw that. And if that person tries to bother somebody else like that again, then you're like, okay, this is what he does. We got to get this person out of here. Or is he specifically picking on you for some reason? There is a, that's the type of conversation that bystanders need to have with the person that's being picked on. And they need to observe the person that's being, that's picking on other people. As a bystander, that's something you have to do. I know you don't want to get into other people's business because, again, certain people are whacked out nuts out here. and You're afraid of what they might do to you. But it's all about being a kind citizen and a respectful human being at the end of the day. Do you have morals or do you not have morals? Do you have respect for other people or do you not have respect for other people? I'm not saying get into a dangerous situation if somebody's holding up a gun, try to rush them and then like tackle them. No, 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 no. I'm not saying none of that at all. I'm saying if you're seeing somebody doing some nasty things, yo, you got to step in and like get that person out of here. That's all I'm saying with this. And for George Stephanopoulos, he did do that. He stepped in and he talked to the lawyer. He said that the lawyer is waiting for your call. That's all he was actually willing to do. And I can't fault George for that. I would have came up to her after the next day and asked, okay, did you tell, did you ask, what, what did the lawyer say to you? What, did you call him up or something? Or if he didn't, if she didn't call him up, I would say to her the next day, okay, I asked the lawyer and he didn't get a phone call from you. Why didn't he? What well, what's the deal? And that is all George is, well, really capable of doing because he still has a job to work do and he still has a family to feed and he still has to work with corn and he doesn't know if corn has done these things or not. He only can go off of what you said and he can only lay down the game plan for you and it's up to you to actually follow through with that. So I'm not putting none of the heat on George Stephanopoulos. I'm just going to make that perfectly clear one, but it's, not even say funny, it's just crazy to me that now her situation is now actually being picked up by ABC. Not even ABC, now she filed it now in New York State Supreme Court. It's just funny that now it's all coming out. ABC was the one light out of the end of the tunnel of all these big uh, companies that didn't have somebody being nasty on there. And come to find out, they had somebody nasty on there and now, poop. Now they're along with NBC News, uh, CBS, and Fox. Now people can say, look at all these big corporations and everything else. They're all the same. ABC literally, will, for these last couple of years, were at least a beacon of hope of not every company is always dirty and everything else. But as we can tell from the lawsuit that's uh, been arrived now, they're nasty and dirty, just like everything else. It's just, It's just weird. How now you have a guy that works good with everybody else, but just that he assaulted uh, or allegedly assaulted uh, these women. And it's just, well, harass. I'm sorry, not assault, but harass these women because I don't want to get sued out here. Oh, no, no, no. She has right here with assault accusations. There it is. So assault. So allegedly assault and alleged sexual harassment. I want to still put alleged in here. Again, not trying to get sued out this monkey. It's just weird because you got Walt Disney being the parent of ABC. It's just Walt Disney, Disney, Disney. When you think of Disney, you know, you think of other things like people stealing other movies and all these and other that. But sexual harassment and assault would probably be like low on my list because I'm a guy. 
that's just me. But women might think, no, Gerald, that hasn't been there for a minute, but you just don't know nothing about it. You're right. I know nothing about this. But anyway, ABC News, another part, another company that got taken down. I'm not going to say taken down, but another company that's part of being the nasty, uh, one of the nasty. So now all big four got hit with nasty people with Matt Lauer for NBC, uh, Charlie Rose from CBS, Bill O'Reilly, Fox News, and also Roger Ailes and Jeff Fager for Fox News. It's just weird. It's just weird. Whenever you got in, in they're all white dudes. That should tell you right there. White dudes at the top. I'm not saying all, but just making an assumption. Not even an assumption. Just off the names right here. White dudes at the top of the company. They like to be handsy and touchy, touchy and feely, feely. They're nasty pricks. So I would like you all to please just watch out for your bosses or watch out for people that are in charge of you. And if they are doing something nasty to you, please say something. Please do something. Either uh, go to HR or file, file a lawsuit. Do something. Get these nasty people out of these positions of power. Get them out of there because we don't need these nasty people to constantly make people's lives miserable. Because guess what? If people's lives are miserable, that's not good for the company. That's not good for the people that's working there. That's not good for people's uh, mental stability. They can cause them some emotional trauma. It's not good. So women and bystanders, if you happen to be in a position that a person is messing with you, as being a person that's getting messed with. And bystander, if you happen to see this, I need you guys to work together. Get these person out of here. You being the bystander, talk to the person that got felt up on. Tell them, hey, yo, I saw that, or how we need to go to HR or this and that. And if they say, no, 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 you say, yes, we need to, because if he does, because if he gets away with this, we are co-signing him getting away with this. We're co-signing him being allowed to do this to somebody else. And we don't want this person to do this to somebody else. We need to get this person out of here. So again, women, I need you guys to start mustering up some courage in there. And I know that's a damning thing for me to say as a man, to say that. But I'm a black man, so that gives me just a little bit of favor to say this because black men is much harder for us to even admit that when we are feeling wrong, when we are feeling vulnerable in America. It is what it is. So I need you to please start getting up the mustering of the courage just to go out there and please start saying something about these people that are in these position of power to get them out of there. And if you're a bystander, I'm not putting this all on females neither. If you're a bystander, man or female, work with the victim and get this person out of here. I don't care about you saying, oh, I got a family. I got to work too. Yes, you have to work too. But what if that person goes after somebody else and you knew about it what if are you going you're basically co-signing them doing this we don't need people to co-sign we need people to take action so please get involved if you happen to see it and if you don't happen to see it and you just hear about a woman's story just stand back and just watch the dude or watch the female and see if they're truly have done this to anybody else and see how they interact with that person just to get a glimpse and just to get on the fill out process that's my two cents on that situation. And I'm off to the next topic, which involves another nasty guy, uh, adult film star, well, disgraced adult film star, Ron Jeremy. And this is coming from BBC News. Ron Jeremy, U.S. adult film star, indicted on 34 sex crime charges. As it reads, prosecutors allege that Mr. Jeremy assaulted the women who ranged in ages from 15 to 51 between 1996 and 2019. He faces over 300 years in jail. Mr. Jeremy, 68, pled not guilty to the charges on Wednesday. He is one of the biggest names in the adult film industry and has featured in over 1,700 films since 1979. The August 19th indictment, which was unsealed Wednesday, accuses Mr. Jeremy of 12 counts of rape, including that of a 17-year-old girl in 20, well, 2008 and a 15-year-old girl in 2004. The most recent charge is from January 1st, 2020, with a 21-year-old woman alleging she was raped and sodomized. His lawyer said on Wednesday that Mr. Jeremy maintains he is completely innocent. Mr. Jeremy, whose real name is Ronald Jeremy Hyatt, remains in jail on $6.6 million bail 
and just to break that down for him to get out of jail and get out on bail is 660000 because you only got to pay 10% of your bail that's actually listed. Just to give you guys a little pointer on that. Uh, as the thing reads on, to avoid a public preliminary hearing that would include witnesses testifying in open court, Los Angeles County prosecutors presented their case to a secret grand jury to obtain the indictment. A similar tactic used in the case of disgraced Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein. Last June, Mr. Jeremy appeared in court on charges he raped two women and sexually assaulted two others between 2014 and 2019. At the time, his lawyer denied the charges, claiming that Mr. Jeremy had been a paramour to over 4,000 women and that women throw themselves at him. While no trial date has yet been set, Mr. Jeremy is set due. Well, well, Mr. Jeremy is due in a Los Angeles court on October 12th for a pre-trial conference. This is really weird because because Ron Jeremy is what 68 and he's still out here doing this. I'm not gonna say doing this because this is alleged. And it's just weird because when you think of adult film stars, you would think they get enough action by performing on the set. And we all know, and it's been adult film stars coming out by saying what the sexual encounters that they have on film, that's nothing but them acting and everything else. Yo, listen, I'm going to be blunt and front with you. Whenever you see some of them and the way they act out and the way they do their whole like thing, yo, that is amazing performance the way they be doing it. I'm just going to be real. Their body moving and everything else. Certain times you be thinking, are they really acting or are they really getting into it? And certain times, certain actors, certain adult film actors have said, yo, no, they they feel it and they connect with their partner that they perform in a scene with. Certain uh, adult film stars have said, no, this is particularly, this is strictly for the money. This is nothing but an act, a performance. And that's just what it is. It's just weird to me whenever you get into that profession. I'm not saying that it's a weird profession to get into because I respect everybody's profession. You do what you got to do to make a way in America and to make a way in society and make a way to gain money for yourself. As long as you're not doing harm to anybody else, I respect it. Whether you got it, whether it be you being a doctor or a lawyer, a street pharmacist, if you will, uh, adult film star. Uh, a bag, a grocery bagger, any type of work that you're not harming anybody else. And people might say, Joe, the street pharmacist is hurting any certain people. No. A street pharmacist is giving somebody their goods because they're walking up to them asking them for them. That's all a street pharmacist is. It's all up to you about how much you want to take of that particular prescription. That's all up to you on that one. So I can't really blame a street pharmacist. Now getting back to Mr. Jeremy here. He faces over 300 years in jail for 34 counts of sexual crimes involving 21 women. 34 counts of sexual acts. So that means rape and sodomy are two separate charges. Assaulting is a different one. So that that bundled, that messed with my mind a little bit because I was trying to figure it out. Like, okay, 34 counts, but he only 21 women. I, that was messing me up. So I, I thought, okay, so it should have been 31 or 34 women instead of 21 for 34 counts. And then I had to really think about, nope, rapist, sodomy, or two separate charges, uh, sexual assault, any type of assault is a different thing. So, yeah. But anyway, getting to my point, my man is an old, old-looking dude. I want you guys to look up Ron Jeremy right now with your phones or your tablets or whatever you got. Just look up Ron Jeremy Current. And please look up PG. I know it's going to be real... Uh, other photos of him in his past life whenever he was, whatever he was doing. But just look at him. Matter of fact, just look at Ron Jeremy now. And you can see that man is old looking, busted down man. I, hey, it is what it is. And that's just wow. He was still trying to bag women out here. And the man looked mad, dusty, and busted up. Dude, that's weird. But then again, I have to say this, and don't kill me for this women, ladies, or anybody else that might rock with the women's side of ideology and thinking. Certain women might be trying to get with Ron Jeremy because the hype and the legend of Mr. Jeremy being who he was in his past is a weird thing. Yet again, fame and power and money. I'm not going to say money for him because I'm not sure how much money my man got, but just the idea and the legend and lore of Ron Jeremy. And 
women and also men perspective in their minds of who Ron Jeremy is. Ron Jeremy, this big uh, adult star legend, this big enigma out here. But when you see him, you just don't think about this is the guy that people are going nuts over. This is the lore. This is the myth of the man. This is him. Yeah, no. So do I think he probably did it? I'm not so sure, but we'll have to see. I will be staying update to this as long as this thing is constantly going. Because I ain't gonna lie, I'm interested in Mr. Jeremy's situation right now because it's just weird when you look at him and then you think about the myth and legend and lore of Jeremy, Mr. Ron Jeremy, the disgrace to adult star now. It's just weird when you see him and you just look at him now and you're like, yo, this is the guy. And with especially the recent case of last year, the first of the year of 2020, dog, that is weird. But again, hey, I'll be staying up to date and more and more than less, I'll be keeping you guys up to date with this whole situation as it uh goes and continues on. And I want to get to one more thing about another nasty man. R. Kelly had his trial this week and he started his trial this week. I'm not going to cover, I'm going to cover like the end results because we all know R. Kelly has been a nasty, nasty man out here. I don't think we need to go into any further details of it. I think with certain individuals, when we hear their names, we just be like, okay, that man did it. You just throw the book, call it what it is, call it a day. R. Kelly is that guy. Now, has he made great songs in the past? Yes. Now, it's up to your discretion if you want to continue to listen to his music. That's all up to you. If you want to denounce his music, that's all up to you. That's all up to what you want to do with it. But him as a personal man, him in his personal life, not the artistry, but the person himself, R. Kelly, he is a nasty, nasty guy. And it brings me to an idea and makes me question one thing. Why after... R. Kelly got found not guilty for his uh, sexual situation years ago with the girl, underage girl, on a tape. Why would artists want to make music with him even after the fact? Because years later, you had Lady Gaga that did music with him. You had Chance the Rapper. You had other people. I'm just naming those two because those two popped in my head immediately because of the um, escaping R. Kelly doc. They kind of like mentioned how Lady Gaga had music with him but then she took it off and that chance rapper had it and took it off and even chance even i believe like sent out a tweet or something talking about he uh is apologizing for doing music with him in the past and all this type of things it makes me wonder where what what do people how do you how do we forget how do we forget people doing nasty dirty things and i'm going to bring it back and tie it in also with another guy that we're kind of like letting some grace coming at is with logan paul Logan Paul, he filmed a dead body in a uh, suicide force in, I believe, Japan. And he placed it up on YouTube and everything else. And this happened years ago. And he did an apology for it and everything else. But let me break down how this works. You have to get film. And you have to go to a location. And then you have to see a body. And you know it's there. You know that body is there. You know that is a real body. And then you still have to edit a video. Because Logan Paul's videos are edited. And you have to publish it. You are looking at it. And you are making the conscious decision to still put that video up. And then you get some backlash for it. And then you apologize. Dude, no, 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 no. You did that on purpose. You did that for money. You did that just because you thought, okay, I went to a suicide force. Da, 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 da. No, you are a nasty, disgusting human being. I can't forgive Jake Paul, not Jake Paul, but Logan Paul for that. I can't. As a human being, I can't, dog, because you just did that with a human life. A person that took his life and you use that as monetary gain. I can't do it. But all these other entities that still has Logan Paul on their freaking shows, all these entities that will bring Logan Paul up or talk about Logan Paul or even work with Logan Paul, yo, dog, that's all you on your moral morality. That's you. That's cool. You got to live with that. You got to die with that. That's all you. Me, I can't rock with Logan Paul. I can't do it. That's why I respect his brother, Jake Paul, because Jake Paul at least is willing to get into the ring and box with somebody over something right now. And I don't think Jake Paul has been in any type of massive situation unless like being a complete douche 
bag. And that's whenever he did something years ago, being like a complete douche to all his neighbors because he played parties loud. And I believe back in that time, I'm not going to search this thing up, but he would just had a persona of being a douche. I'd rather have to be, I'd rather have the persona of being a douche than actually doing douchey things and having it for monetary gain, just like with Logan did that with the forest. But rounding house and bringing it back home, we forget about these actions. We allow these people to just hide away and then come back and then we just like forget about it. R. Kelly was able to do it after the tape and he made music and then the Surviving R. Kelly doc came out and they, whoop, oh my God, we got to pull everything away. We got to strip everything from him. Anybody ever did music from after the sex tape scandal and after the trial thing, we got to pull everybody's music from that because guess what? We ain't trying to have you being a nasty light for working with him. Pull it. Uh, Logan Paul, he does the video, he apologizes, he goes away for a little bit, and then he pops right back up, and then he fight KSI, and then, oh my god, Logan Paul is fighting KSI, KSI is a British YouTuber who is now a rapper over there, and the thing with me is, how do we let these people just come back, and we just be all forgiven? It's a literally all forgiven, it's a literal time heals all wounds type of deal, but I find it particularly funny that we do that with certain people and certain people that have done little things, we can't forgive them completely. Like, okay, my man, and I hate to bring this up, Kobe Bryant passed away last year and you had a white dude come out and say something about uh, Kobe Bryant and his rape allegation. You had a celebrity uh, actress come out and say something about Kobe Bryant by saying, uh, and I'm paraphrasing this, saying something of the case like, we shouldn't forget that Kobe Bryant was a sexual assault, that he assaulted, sexually assaulted someone. And she did that like a day or two after he passed. Dude, you, how, how, how? Kobe Bryant paid his dues. And also we, there was... Crime, there was also certain things that didn't match up and fit within that story of that. But hey, that's all for people to search that one up. We still cling on to things of that magnitude and that nature when after somebody passes, even though the news and everything else and certain things don't match up. But with film, documented, Kobe Bryant's thing was only but DNA on a t-shirt and this and that, but oh, he said, she said situation. We got film for R. Kelly. We got film for Logan Paul, and we allowed R. Kelly to go away, and then come back, and then bop, you get in trouble. Well, after the Surviving R. Kelly documentary, we allowed Logan Paul to go away and come back, and now this man is a multi-millionaire over here, and for being a complete douchebag years ago, and we still, hey, whatever, whatever the case may be, I'm just saying, again, I'm not going to cover the R. Kelly situation because that man's a nasty man. He know what he's done. And we as the American people, we as a people know what he's done. I don't I don't like talking about Logan Paul because that man, to me personally, and this is only to Gerald Garrett G2, I don't like him. I don't respect him. I will say that to his face in person if I ever see him. I don't respect you, bro. I mean that. Hey, but that's just me on that. And I want to get to one more guy again before I get out of here. It's another updating of something. It's about uh, Tom Girardi is the husband of Erica Jane and still with his whole financial and lawsuit crisis that he's dealing with. And this comes from People Magazine. Tom Girardi's law firm owes $101 million in debt. New bankruptcy case filings reveal. And People Magazine and People's... Uh, Dot com states the documents state that the trust handling Girardi Keys Chapter 7 bankruptcy case has filed to amend the schedule of his assets and liabilities. The trust reviewed the firm's books and records in preparation, noting that the debitors, the debitors accounting offices were not well maintained and that much of what the trust found upon her appointment was very dated. A lawyer for Tom's conservator, Robert Girardi, and a representative for Girardi Keys did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. Though the trust findings, total assets, and personal properties are listed at more than $4.1 million, in addition to listing many 
banking accounts, the $25 million given to his strange wife, Erica Girardi's entertainment company, also appeared. The firm's various debts are included as well. The document stated that the trust may have listed all of the deb debtors' causes of action or potential causes of action against third parties as assets. However, the actual total may be different than the listed total. The documents added. Again, I just wanted to keep you guys up to date and maintained. And anything that I find out about the Tom Girardi, Erica Jane situation is just fascinating to me. Because again, this man was a lawyer to a lot of people that needed help. And he spent their money. And he's now an old, senile man, supposedly, that he doesn't know what he's doing, supposedly. And the man is living now, supposedly, supposedly, in an assisted living facility because, well, he can't do it on his own. Supposedly, I always got to put supposedly because I do not believe it. This, this just bothers me. Again, I hate when people don't get their money. I hate it. It's funny. It's just weird how when you're a lawyer and you supposedly do good for your clients, you're supposed to give them money and you don't and you spend it on extravagant things. You put $25 million into your wife's uh, entertainment company. It's weird. It's all weird to me. But hey, time will tell. And I can't wait to see what happens with Tom Girardi and Erica Jane's whole uh, money situation. And again, I will keep you guys up to date on that. And before I get you guys out of here, I want to talk about one more thing that I find extremely, and I mean extremely, fascinating. And this comes from the New York Times, and it reads, A hospital finds an unlikely group opposing vaccine, well, vaccinations. And you want to know who it is? It's the workers working at the hospital. As it reads, New York, their movement started discreetly, just a handful of people commentating on Ecryptic apps like WhatsApp and Signal, but in just days, it had ballooned tenfold, and within two weeks, it had turned into a full-blown public protest with people waving picket signs to denounce efforts to push them to receive coronavirus vaccines. But these were not just any vaccine resistors. They were nurses, medical technicians, infection control officers, and other staff who work at a hospital in Staten Island which has the highest rate of COVID-19 infection of any borough in New York City. Outside Staten Island University Hospital last week, as passing cars and fire trucks honked, supportedly, employees chanted, I am not a lab rat. The aggressive opposition to the vaccine and even regular testing at a hospital in New York City, the epidemic's one-time epic center, shows the challenges of reaching the unvaccinated when some of the very people who serve as role models refuse vaccination. Some workers at the Staten Island Hospital are so fiercely opposed that they call themselves the resistance after the rebel faction in Star Wars. They are defending what they, are, what they view as their inherent rights and their leader is gathering hospital workers from other states in an attempt to create a, nation, a nationwide movement. Scientists and medical profession professionals point out that those who refuse vaccines are potentially endangering the lives of patients. Vaccines are critical to protect our patients, our staff, and protect the general community, said Dr. Mark Jarrett, chef, chief medical officer at Northwell Health, which is the state's largest health care provider and runs Staten Island's University Hospitals. It's a tough issue, but our, but it's our professional obligation to always maintain that whatever we do is for the safety of our patients. Now, that just find it real funny to me how you got nurses and medical technicians and infection control officers and other staff who work at the hospital saying that they're not going to be lab rats. This is showing you that people, it's not just regular people that are afraid of this vaccination is people in the medical field. Now, a lot of people in the medical field will decide to get the vaccine even though they don't rock with it. They're going to do it because they just want to do it to be on the safe side of things, not knowing what the vaccine is really inside of it. Again, I'm not going to say get it. I'm not going to say don't get it. I say that's a personal choice of yours. You do what's best for you. I say for me, I'm not getting it right now because a lot of tests are not fully done on it. I don't care what nobody says yet. The test 
there hasn't been a lot of testing on the vaccinations yet. It has been a, it's been co-signed by the CDC and the FDA, Pfizer and Moderna, all these two different vaccinations, which is really weird if you're just going to have a thing, you should have one. But then again, I'm a guy that doesn't know medicine. I don't know. I always have to paraphrase this. So take my word with a, just a grain of salt. I'm not trying to be anybody's like, he said this. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. For me, I only can stand for me on this issue. I'm not getting the vaccine. My parents have got it. My brothers have got it. Me, I have not gotten it. And I'm cool with that. My parents understand it. My brothers understand it. They don't chastise me. And I've never chastised them about their decision. As we all know, it's a personal decision between each other. And that's what I think America has to understand and the rest of the world has to understand. We've now started to see celebrities and doctors and everybody else start really making this strong standstill against one another. You guys got to understand, I it is a personal choice. You get the vaccine, you want to get it, that's fine. Don't be a dick to people that don't got the vaccinations, that don't get the vaccines. If you don't get the vaccines, don't be a dick to people that have gotten the vaccines. It is a personal thing. It is a personal thing. Now, when we start getting into issues is whenever you start trying to put it into law and everything else that is mandated that you got to get vaccinated. There are people out here that don't want to get vaccinated because they're afraid because they don't know what's being put inside them. You got all these big medical words and everything else that tells you, okay, is this, 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 and this? Okay, what is this? What has this done? Ba-da-da-da. People might say, well, Joe, you got the flu shot. You never knew what the flu shot was. Flu shot has been around for how many years? So there you go. Flu shot has been around for mad many years. This vaccination shot has just happened. So it's just happened. And COVID just happened last year. I would think that it should have came out, what, next year or even a year following, we would have got some type of... uh cure cure but even this vaccine isn't a cure because if you get the vaccine you still can get covid but it has been stated that if you end up getting covid you have a likely chances of being able to survive it more than if you don't have the vaccine so i want to make that perfectly stated there clear again i just want everybody to understand that you got people in the medical profession profession that are saying nah i'm not doing this i'm not taking this I'm just saying to everybody out here, be who you want to be. Do what you want to do, because we all know this is a scary situation. We're all trying to figure out, should we get it? Should we not? We all have our personal beliefs. All Gerald Garrett and G2 is saying right now is, don't be a dick to anybody that wants to get it, and don't be a dick to anybody that don't wants to get it. You can say, hey, yo. Here's why you should get it. And you can have a civilized conversation. Don't yell at the person. Don't try to say, oh my God, your reasoning is so stupid. You can say, hey, that reasoning, okay, it might work for you, but it doesn't work for such and such and blah, bang, bang, bang. If you want to try to break down why that reasoning really doesn't work, you can have a civilized conversation about it. Nothing has to be a yelling, a chanting of anti-vaxxers and i don't like that label neither you're anti-vaxxers no they're just a guy or girl or whoever that just not getting this vaccine it's all their personal choice so again don't be a prick don't be a dick to anybody that wants to or don't get the vaccine it's a personal choice but what i will say is mask up and i know it's a thing that people don't like to wear because it Restraints your breathing, especially in the gym, in which I am dealing with that one myself. And I have to cop the mask down just a little bit so I can just get some airflow into myself. I believe the gym should be one place that you should be able to cock the mask down just a little because when you're working out, you got to breathe in your nose and breathe out your mouth. It's a constant thing that you constantly have to do. I believe that should be like one place, one particular area that you should be able to calm down and just breathe the mask down a little bit, just off your nose. Because the mask is supposed to cover your nose and your mouth. I believe that whenever you're at a gym, it should be literally off your nose and just cover your mouth because your nose has a breathing in oxygen so it can contact into your brain and then blows out to your mouth. That's just what I think, and that's what I do at the gym. I'm saying I take my mask off all the way off. Now, there's been times when I've been blown out and just been like, <sighs> trying to catch my breath, and I have to really take my mask off and just like, by God. 
I got to get some some oxygen in, and that only lasts for about I got a brief couple seconds before I put my mask back on, or at least lower below my nose. But still, you got to wear your mask because you don't want to try to uh, mix, not even mix, but try to get in contact with that uh, virus that is out here taking people out left and right. So again, I leave you with this. Wear your mask. Don't be a dick to people that got the vaccine. Don't be a dick to people that didn't get the vaccine. It's all a personal choice. That's all up to you. And with that, this has been uh, all the topics I do want to talk about. And I want to thank you for listening to my Two Cents podcast. And before I get you guys out of here, let me list off all my social media links. If you want to see me or talk, tweet me out, um, you can always tweet my Twitter at my two podcasts. Uh, if you want to look at my the episode uh, like the episode covers, you can go on my Instagram. It's my two cents podcast G2, all one word. And if you want to email me anything about any topic that you think I should cover or any type of feedback that you don't want to uh, give out on Apple Podcasts or anything like that, you can email me at my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Again, it's my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Uh, and it's not T-W-O, it's not T-O-O, it's the number two for all these social media links. And also, speaking of Apple, you can find past episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also Podbean. And I want to thank you all for to have downloaded and listened to my episodes. It's greatly appreciated. And also, if you do listen to it on Apple, I will appreciate if you do give me some type of feedback on the uh, feedback portion or you can give me some type of star review if you give me a star review please give me feedback to it because i would like to know how to uh better improve the listening uh enjoyment for the listeners and also you can tell me if i've talked too slow or i talk too long or a certain issue that's just the type of things that i want to learn how to get better at this whole podcasting thing because i'm still a learner i'm still trying to learn this thing out so i it was greatly appreciated um, but other than that, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet voice again. I have been G2. This has been my two cents podcast. And this has, uh, I want you guys to enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your week as well, because school is, uh, in motion for a lot of us and work is in motion for a lot of people as well It's never quit for a lot of us, a lot of people out here, but, um, just have a good time. Think good things, be blessed, be merry, and I just want you guys to have a great rest of your week and a great rest of your day, and I will see you guys back next Saturday for if you listen to my wrestling podcast, my wrestling portion of the podcast, you hear me on Saturdays, but if you listen to me on my Sunday portions, you'll hear me from me next Sunday, but then again, that's just whenever you hear from me again. It has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2, and I have been G2. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed week. And I'll see you guys all whenever you guys hear from me. Anytime you hear from me next week. But until then, bye-bye for now. I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.